Hello, and welcome to Rewired, a brand new podcast. Whether you are a baby boomer or a millennial, planning ahead or already enjoying retirement, this show is designed to inspire your imagination with helpful information to invite you to live your best life. And now, here's our host, Duchess Dale. Basically, I consider myself a kind and compassionate person. I was raised to be that way, and for the most part, I expect others to be the same. I know that's not always the case, and we have all certainly had our fair share of people who were anything but kind. That's why I don't take kindness for granted. I know that each generation has had challenges and catastrophes that may have called forth an extended expression of kindness from each of us. And I think that as we grow older, giving and receiving kindness has become even more important. So that's why I wanted to share with you some personal events that happened this past weekend to inspire the theme for today's Be Kind episode. I'm going to start with this quote from Princess Diana. Carry out a random act of kindness with no expectation of reward, safe in the knowledge that one day someone might do the same for you. Well, that's precisely what happened for my husband and I this past weekend. And I share these events with you as a reminder for some practical preventative actions that I'm going to tell you about later. But most importantly, these two situations confirmed that goodness is still alive and well in the world. Last Friday, a thoughtful neighbor we'd never met stopped by to let us know that the water valve in the front yard was gushing water down our driveway. It was. And if that wasn't bad enough, when I went into the master bathroom, it appears that it had backed up the toilet and the floor was now a pool of water that was starting to drench the carpet floor in the bedroom. We're still new to Albuquerque, so we reached out to a couple of friends to get an emergency plumber recommendation, while I also did some fast research online for reviews. We called the plumber that the realtor had recommended because we really liked their website, and they were so kind, they responded right away to our SOS, and within four hours, the plumber had snaked out the line all the way out to the street, and order, not counting the wet soaking rugs or the mopping floors, order was restored. Then that Saturday, my husband drove to the local Starbucks to pick up and bring home a special pre-Easter treat latte. We were eating our breakfast when I saw a large white truck kind of pull up backwards in front of our house. And this very tall man that I'd never seen before came out. He was wearing a white Sox t-shirt and ball cap, and he was walking towards our door. He rang the bell, and my husband went out to talk to him. I thought it might have been one of the plumbers following up on the work they had done. But it turns out this kind man had spotted my husband's wallet on the driveway into Starbucks and was returning it to us. He informed us that many of the cards that were in, must have been inside had spilled out onto the street, onto Unser Boulevard, but because of traffic, he wisely didn't want to risk trying to pick them up. We were gobsmacked at his kindness and thanked him profusely. I told him we would pay it forward. I only wish we had had the presence of mind to ask his name, but I guarantee you that we have been singing his praises ever since. My husband and I immediately went back to that location and scoured everywhere we could, but to no avail. So when we got back home, 
my husband began the process of calling all the credit card companies to inform them, and those kind reps immediately took action to cancel those cards and request replacements. This reminded me of the famous quote that was in the play, A Streetcar Named Desire, and Blanche Dubois turns and says, Whoever you are, I have always depended on the kindness of strangers. Well, neither of these people were strangers per se, more like good Samaritans, but they had no idea what saving grace they represented for us because kindness mattered. Now, I'm sharing this story to not only acknowledge these kind acts, but to also offer a helpful and practical tip. Once we sat down to make the phone calls to call all of these cards, some of which we didn't know might have been strewn on the street, we went to a notebook that I had created with photocopies of every important card, ID, credit card, Medicare, Costco, etc. We had photocopied those and put them in a red notebook. I put it in a red notebook because then it's really easy to spot when you need it quickly. Having this allowed us to contact all kinds of cards that we didn't even remember were in the wallet and notify them that they were lost and request replacement or to stop payment on anything that might have taken place. So I am encouraging you, if you can, to get a photocopy of the important cards. Make sure you do the front and the back because sometimes the phone number you need is on the back and the account number is on the front. And then keep a reference, a notebook of your own color choosing, and or you could give a copy to a trusted family or member or friend so that they have that as reference should you ever need it. This was a lifesaver for us and saved a whole lot of time and energy, as I hope it will for you, too. And welcome back. So today I have the privilege of my guest being Deborah Bryant, who is the executive director of Stand Up for Kindness. And since our theme today is about kindness, I, I thought Deborah was a perfect person to come on today to tell us a little bit more about this initiative and how she created it and what it does. Deborah? Hi. So yeah, I'm Deborah Bryant, and I'm excited to be able to share with you about Stand Up for Kindness. And it really had a unique start because it started about 10 years ago when the Interfaith Leadership Alliance, which is a group of ministers in Santa Fe, because I'm in Santa Fe, got together and they wanted to do something about bullying. And so they contacted the public schools and a couple of them and then a couple of us, because I've been a contractor with the schools around bullying, got together and we created Stand Up for Kindness. And what was really, really cool was it really was a coming together of church and state, which was really quite beautiful. Yes. And so what we did was we came up with a, a kindness pledge. It's called the Stand Up for Kindness Pledge. And it says, I pledge to speak in a kind way and to help others throughout my day. I will not harm others with words or deeds, and I will stand up when there's a need. And so we had this kickoff week around Martin Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday, which was, was super. We had these events around town. And then what happens with the Interfaith Leadership Alliance is they like to start things and kind of turn it over. 
and the schools weren't very interested and they weren't interested. So I, over the last few years, have been keeping it going on a very minimal budget. Um, but what is so exciting, and I know that I am talking to fellow elders, <laughs> I am going to turn 68 pretty soon. And what is so exciting is I'm at this point in my life and what I have envisioned for Stand Up for Kindness all these years is about to happen because I'm going to get some funding from the city. Oh, that's so wonderful. It's so it's never too old. Uh -huh. you know, we're never too old to, to make our dream really, really happen. So you're doing so the exactly what this is about. You're, you're yeah. rewiring your focus for your work and purpose and career into something that you're passionate about in this Stand Up for Kindness, which originated about a bullying, anti-bullying campaign. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And so what it's really about is it's about, because it's not just about kids, it's about all of us. It's about asking all of us to move from being a bystander to an upstander. Because what keeps bullying, unkindness, meanness, any of those behaviors alive is the role of the bystander, someone who stands by and watches. They may join in, they may laugh. You know, if it's on a middle school campus and there's a fight, there's a whole group of them around going, fight, fight, fight. Uh -huh. So young people might get engaged, but the key is if you're a bystander, you do nothing to stop it. So what Stand Up for Kindness is about is encouraging and empowering all of us, in, and in particular, our children, to move from bystander to upstander. That's, I think you're right. Whereby creating a kinder world. It's a, it's a great concept. So whether you are a kid on, on a playground, you can, being a bystander, moving to an upstander, that does apply to older folks too in terms of not bullying or not just standing by, but becoming an upstander for what you believe in and what is right. right. And it doesn't have to be these big things like Dr. Martin Luther King. It can be those very small moments every day when we have an opportunity to help somebody out or to give them a smile. I think um, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And so there are two kind of aspects to what I've been doing in the schools with this and what I'm about to launch um, a lot in a lot bigger way than I ever have to do, done before. And it's peer education. So I work with a group of middle school students called WAVE and they're middle school students who have self-identified being students who really want to make a difference. Hmm. And so I work with them and we create a Stand Up for Kindness bystander upstander lesson. One of the things that we really talk a lot about is the power of being assertive. Because if we want to look at how you're going to be an upstander, we need to be assertive as opposed to passive or aggressive. Ah, oh. So oh, we I come up like with a. Yeah. Well, and then in the sense <laughs> of not passive, not aggressive, I had not. Yeah thought about the idea of assertive as being that middle ground between the two. Yeah. So, yeah, assertive is, is what we teach. And so we teach through role play. We teach through puppet shows. And then the, the middle school kids, they share about their favorite upstanders. And it's really, really powerful for them. Sometimes they go back to the elementary school that they were in. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a, 
a group last year ago, and there was a couple of the girls in that group that when we walked into the elementary school, the counselor's eyes got really big because she was like, oh, my goodness, they're going to give the presentation? And she sat in that in that class and she had tears rolling down her face oh, because wow. of how empowered these young people felt, you know, and, and um, how incredible they were in their teaching and how far they'd come from when they were in fifth grade. I also do that project. I usually have one fourth or fifth grade class I do it with. And then when I get this funding with the city, it's going to enable me to go into classes and teach two to four stand up for kindness. Now, stand up for kindness kind of comes under an umbrella of what we call social emotional learning. Say more to that. And social, emo social emotional learning is teaching the skills for success. Oh, It teaches emotion management a lot about how to manage your feelings, what to do with your uncomfortable feelings. It's about problem solving. It's about being kind. It's about having the skills for academic achievement. So in the educational world, SEL is a really big buzzword right now. And so stand up for kindness kind of falls under that umbrella of work. <laughs> it so. almost sounds like... Um older folks could use an SEL, uh, social emotional learning class or initiative as well, particularly if those of us never got anything like that when we were going to school. Right. I think especially around emotion management. I mean, I think, you know, as a, as a culture, as a world, many adults are not very skilled in managing their feelings or their emotions. That so, can be yeah, very true. I do think it's, and yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I think, oh, my goodness, you teach, you know, what you need to learn. So I'm always learning <laughs> as I go along with this. You know, it's very rich. But children are very receptive to it. But they're, you know, our children really need us right now. Um, COVID was brutal on many, many students. Yes, in the perfect world, there were students who... Um, like I can think of one school right downtown by the Capitol that feels like a private school. All of those children, they either had a tutor or a grandparent sit with them every day through COVID. Right. Well, that was the perfect world. We had thousands and thousands of children for whom that was not the case for a year and a half, who right. basically had that gap in their education. Mm. And teachers are really struggling. You can have like four different grade levels in one year now as far mm -hmm. as you know you know kids who are so far behind and then kids who are so far ahead and our children need us I mean they really need us and so what I can tell you is I love going into classrooms where there's a grandma and or there's a grandpa oh now you're talking yeah it's a very beautiful thing guys because you know, at some schools, there'll be a grandma or a grandpa that goes into that class and they become a part of that class. And it really, I think, makes a difference. I think that sometimes there are children who um, may have, I've, I have, I've seen kids, like particularly boys, who have a hard time being respectful. I see. And they are respectful of those grandma and grandpas because they have been taught that that you really do respect your elders. And so I think that's a beautiful opportunity for us all. So you we know, could I as, feel delighted. 
Oh, as older adults. I feel delighted to be able to share this with you because, you you know, our children need you. You know, you could be a grandma or a grandpa. I don't think you have to sign up for huge amount of hours, but, you know, you, you're assigned a class and then you arrange with the teacher when you go in. And, you know, maybe you read with a child, you know, maybe you play with a child, maybe you walk with a child. But it's just a beautiful thing when they have grandma and grandpas in, you know, elementary school. I love that because it gives a chance for older folks, elders, seniors, whatever you want to, whatever our name is this, this month. And it gives us a chance to go in and be of service with our wisdom, volunteer and make a difference in a child's life. And not to mention helping out the teachers who could use that. Right. Excellent. Wow. That's great. So it's a great option. It is. They don't need special to do that, one doesn't have to be a teacher or have been trained as that. It's coming in as a wonderful elder, volunteering time and compassion. Right. Usually, I mean, I don't know what the the actual process is. I think you probably have to, you know, you would have to contact your local um, public school department and find out what their procedure is. Usually when you go in, like, you know, I'm a, I work, I'm an independent contractor. You know, usually you have to have a background check and do those type things, which makes sense. It does probably about as far. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I tell you what, our children, they need us, you know, and as elders, we have wisdom. And I think we have patience. (laughs) And, you know, there was, I go into some classes that have 24, 25 kids. You know, and it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. So I really encourage you to think about that, you know, if that's something that um, you feel like you could do because our children, they need us, you know. And you stand as a, a testimonial to what one can do that, you know, life doesn't stop at age 60 or when you, you know, decide to retire or even if you're still working, that you have the opportunity to still pursue your dream, your bigger purpose and make a difference in the world. And I think that's what you're doing with this initiative. Right. You're standing up right. for kindness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I and I mean, I think it's a, a beautiful message for us all because I truly believe if we all woke up and we were all willing to be a little kinder every single day, it would shift our world. You what know? is your I do? What I is your, yes. Would. What is your favorite thing about this initiative or when you go into the classrooms? Can you share something about what makes one that of my favorite things? Is um, I have beautiful pictures of this. Is when I've gone in and I do experiential ed that we make puppets. I have I have over 100 puppets, so I teach a lot through puppets. But I have kids make puppets. And they make a happy puppet, a sad puppet, a mad puppet, a scared puppet. So they make puppets. And then we do puppet shows. And they practice being assertive. They practice how to be an upstander. Because it's just like soccer. If you want to be good at soccer, you have to practice. If you want to be good at being an upstander, you have to practice. And I think if we're all honest with ourselves, I know I have to own this. Sometimes I'm not an upstander because I'm scared, Uh, you know? And so, you know, it gives them the opportunity to practice in an artificial situation. And then one day when they need it, 
then they can bring it forth in real life. So that's just a beautiful thing to, to watch them and to listen to their puppet shows. Because what you get to hear in their puppet shows is what's really happening in their world. Oh, I see. You get to really have to see, you know, what's going on when they act out their puppet shows. And how do you so get that's, assigned? That's a beautiful thing. Sorry. How do you get assigned to different schools? How do they know? How do the schools know about you? Well, the schools know about me because I've been working in the schools. I, I teaching SEL for like 20 years. It was kind of at the very beginning curve. And there are two SEL programs that are already happening in the schools. And I've taught both of those. And so I have an understanding of what the children have already been taught. So I can dovetail on top of that. I understand the languaging. I understand how the concepts of SEL have been presented. So, right. you know, I'm able to kind of dovetail on top of that. Um, so it's not like this just separate thing out here, stand up for kindness. You know, it's built on the SEL life skills and programming that's already been shared with the students. So the SEL, the social emotional learning, the teachers are familiar with that as well. So that, you, as you said, they dovetail or you complement one another yeah. in, the, in the lesson plan. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Which is super cool. And then when I see some of these middle school students, you know, I um, have had groups where the first time I walk in and I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is who's going to go into elementary school with me. They are hanging off the ceiling, completely <laughs> hanging off the ceiling. And every week they come a little further in, a little further in, a little further in. And then on the day they go, they proudly wear Stand Up For Kindness T-shirts because we have these super cool purple T-shirts with turquoise Stand Up For Kindness. And just to see them shine up there oh. is such a beautiful thing because it's so empowering for them. It's That's so empowering for them. Just wonderful to hear. It's great that it's empowering for them. I love what it's doing for you. And it's, as I said, inspirational for all of us, for the listeners to be able to think, oh, maybe I could contribute to that, that maybe I could be an upstander instead of just a bystander and make a difference for someone. That's fabulous, Deborah. Right. So I, I thank you so much for being willing to talk with us today. And uh, I know World Kindness Day happens in November, so maybe I'll invite you back and you could talk about what's going on with this grant that you're going to get and how you're serving and supporting youth and standing up for kindness every day. So thanks again. That would be wonderful. I'd love to come back. You're listening to Rewired with Duchess Dale, sponsored by the Aging and Long-Term Services Department of New Mexico. That wraps it up for episode number four. Thank you, Deborah, for being our guest today to talk about Stand Up for Kindness. If you'd like to connect with Deborah, her email address is debrabryant10 at gmail.com, D-E-B-R-A-B-R-Y-A-N-T-1-0 at gmail.com. You can also reach the Aging and Long-Term Services Department by calling 1-800-432-2080. So until we meet again next week, I invite you to think about ways that you can extend kindness. Small, easy ways 
perhaps smiling in an elevator or holding the door open for someone else as you're going into a store. Sometimes it's easier to do these little random acts of kindness for family members, friends, neighbors. But the real key is learning how to be kind to oneself. So I invite you to look at ways that you can extend that heartfelt kindness to yourself. Until then, remember to reconnect, recommit, and rewire. Thanks to the Aging and Long-Term Services Department of New Mexico for sponsoring our show. Our original music was written and sung by New Mexico's own Lydia Clark. Join us for a midweek uplift on Wednesdays, streaming at noon Mountain Standard Time. I'm your announcer, Don Converse. Till then, stay plugged in. We've got information and inspiration. You've got a